Hello and welcome back to the Okinawa Karate Podcast, the only karate podcast coming to you from the birthplace of karate, Okinawa, Japan. September was a rather busy month with work and personal activities, um, but we're back at it here for October, so apologies for quite a long delay between podcasts. I'm also doing my best right now to fight off a cold and one heck of a sore throat, so if it sounds like I swallowed a teaspoon of sand, this is the reason why. In this episode of the Okinawa Karate Podcast, I will share a recent interview that I conducted with Kyoshi Peter Polander, owner of Polander Academy of Martial Arts and founder of the International Okinawan Kempo Federation. Polander Sensei began martial arts training first in Judo, then in Shotokan Karate, and then in Kyokushin Karate when he was living in Poland. But there's an interesting piece of information he shares about karate being forbidden in his early days. Listen as he explains this in the interview. Polander Sensei shared some very personal information about his life before arriving in the United States. I was not expecting to hear what he told me, but I thank Polander Sensei for being open and willing to share these details because I believe it helps explain more about his passion for life that can easily be felt in his presence. I could feel it in his body language, and unfortunately this is where audio-only interviews can leave small pieces of information missing, missing for the listener but I think you'll still be able to hear the passion coming through in his voice as he tells his story of coming to America. After arriving in the United States, he continued to train in various uh, competitions and of judo, shotokan, kyokushin style, but uh, he was always searching for more, and eventually he had the opportunity to meet Seiyu Oyata, who is commonly referred to as Taika. Oyata-sensei trained under and learned the 12 empty hand kata taught by Nakamura Shigeru, who is the founder of Okinawa Kempo. This is the same style I train in, and I've been watching videos of Oyata-sensei, Polander-sensei, and other students of Oyata-sensei for many years, but I never had the opportunity to meet or train with any of them. So I was very happy to meet and train with Polander-sensei right here in Okinawa, Japan. I had the opportunity to meet him for the first time at the Asato Dojo, during a seminar on October 7th. And before I go any further, I would like to give a very special thank you to my friend and fellow martial arts practitioner, Mr. James Pankovich, who is Kaicho of the Isato Dojo and owner of the Dojo Bar. James hosted Kyoshi Polander and the Hanchi Greg Lindquist, who is Kaicho of the Zensei Kai Karate Kobujitsu Renmei in Kansas City, Missouri. They conducted a seminar while visiting Okinawa, and I was one of only two people that actually attended the seminar that were not members of Hanchi Linquist Dojo or Kyoshi Polander's Dojo. That other person was James. I arrived about 20 minutes or so early for the seminar, and right away, uh, Hanchi Linquist introduced himself to me. We had a small chat, and he told me to go change into my gi and go out there on the floor and begin training. And I will note that when I arrived, they were already having a bit of a uh, a private training session with their own students. About 30 seconds after walking onto the floor, Polander Sensei came up to me, introduced himself, and from that point forward, he spent a fair amount of time working specifically with with me and James, explaining the teachings of Oyata Sensei. After the seminar, we had the opportunity to walk across the street to the dojo bar, and we were able to sit for a few hours and discuss, of course, more about Oyata Sensei and all the teachings that he passed on to his students. And at that time, I was able to arrange for this interview that you're about to hear. The interview uh, was recorded at the apartment that Polander Sensei and his family were staying while they visited Okinawa. 
I enjoyed a nice cup of green tea because I had to drive home later, and Polander Sensei enjoyed a local favorite here in Okinawa, which is Orion Beer. We have just uh, over one hour of recorded content, but I don't believe this is going to be the last interview that I have with Polander Sensei. He already invited me to visit his dojo in Maryland, and I will certainly try to make that a stop on my next visit back to the United States. Uh, I want to get some more of that very technical training that he has to offer and, of course, conduct another interview. So without further ado, here is the interview with Kiyoshi Peter Polander of Polander Academy of Martial Arts. With that, I would like to get started. Kiyoshi Peter Polander. Today is October 9th, 2018. We're in Okinawa City. Thank you very much for sitting down with me today, sir. I'd like to get your biography, if I can, some information about you, your history, training, and martial arts, um, what brought you into meeting Oyata-sensei, what brought you to Okinawa, and just anything that you feel like talking about. Super. Well, I am honored. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to this interview. Good. Sensei, can you tell me about uh, your early days of training before you moved to America? What got you started in any type of martial arts? Well, I think that was the early 70s, 1970s. And uh, in my homeland, uh, Poland, uh, one of my friends brought the copy of Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee. Uh, living uh, under... Russian occupation, Poland had the communist government which was enforced by Soviets. Uh, there's many things that were not allowed. One of them was study karate. Uh, karate was uh, danger to government because if you know how to defend yourself in case there is riot, you can easily overcome people who are trying to arrest you or put you to the prison. So also karate was not allowed because it was not officially recognized as an Olympic sport. Okay. Uh, sport, it was different story. Government put some money into it and had the, uh, it was good to be from communist country and be champion because you show how good that system is mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. for everyone else. Of course, that was a lie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was my beginning of falling in love with martial arts in, in general. And from there I uh, look up, this was the beginning of the movements of martial arts in Poland. Uh, there was first Shotokan Karate, of course. Uh, some people had been working in uh, different embassies, so they traveled for a couple months here and there and been able to train. They brought whatever they had, books and uh, basic informations. And uh, then I got involved in Kyokushinkai. Okay. Uh, so we studied that. Uh, on top of that, knowing that I love to travel, I got involved in Jiu-Jitsu and Judo. Uh -huh. Judo obviously opened the gate to travel the world. I got into a junior Olympic team, competed all over the world, and, uh, and pretty much that was the beginning. So Judo was allowed then at that time because it was an Olympic sport. Correct. But karate was not. So for you to pursue the, the training in judo was no problem. Correct. Is that is that 
was it popular at that time when you were when you uh, were growing up there? Was judo quite a popular sport? Very popular. How about now? Still is, right? It is, but it's not like uh, <clears throat> like it used to be. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, obviously MMA it yep. took over, jiu-jitsu took over because uh, it's uh, something that it's quite easy to learn and some way fast you have you can learn this fast yeah. and apply yeah. true art takes a longer time sure. and commitment of the lifetime yeah. uh, it can't be compared of course with the results because if uh, you understand what you are study and if uh, your instructor spend a lifetime with the best and uh, have the ability to teach you then obviously you become as a uh, well, put it this way, weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like, what uh, well, maybe we'll get this later on. Uh, it is said that what I see right now, it is happening all over the world, that uh, true karate is not shown for their effectiveness the way it used to be designed uh, by warrior class. Uh, right now it's... The, I see everything is going towards the competition, towards mm-hmm. the sport. Mm-hmm. So the true essence of the bunkai from forms are disappearing. And seeing the masters uh, passing, and there is no that much quality of the art, it is, uh, for me, very disappointing. So <clears throat> it's, I definitely want to get into that specifically based off the the short time that we had training on Sunday and then discussions that we had even yesterday. But I'd like to go through the Shotokan if possible. Um, some some you said you had judo, Shotokan and there was Kyokushin Kai. Kai. <clears throat> this was still while you were in Poland. Correct. Okay. And you, you competed for, for several years in this. Correct. Okay. And I read your bio off your website, polanderkempo.com, and I'm going to put that information online uh, as well. And at some point, you decided to come to America. Was this for for competition? Were you were you still competing at that time? Mm, you know, very good question and long answer. Very difficult time, eighties in Poland. Uh, solidarity movement. People have been unable to eat well, work well, lack of food. Uh, what was happening, there was a demonstrations, and i been part of that demonstration once. Uh, but I was standing on the side. I was injured after competing in Italy. Mm-hmm. So my leg was in a cast. Okay. Uh, so I was just observing more than I was doing something. But what happened was the... Uh, there is a security force called Zomo, and those guys were fully armored uh, and acting on, be- on behalf of government. Basically, their job was to catching close people and putting them in prison, and that's what happened to me. So when I was arrested, uh, only because of pure luck and what martial arts gave me, which is never give up, never feel, you know, sorry or scared. Uh, I've been able to 
after I know that I was sent to the hard, la hard, uh, hard labor close to the Russian border, uh, I broke the window and there was a, on the floor I found cigarette. So I removed the nicotine and with the burn match I put the telephone number on that paper. And through the broken window, I try to, you know, hey, uh, help me out. We, we are, you know, but people escaped because yeah. that was a prison for bad people. So they thought that I'm criminal. But as soon as I said, like, we are solidarity movement. We, we need help. Inform our parents, our friends. Otherwise, we'll just disappear. So the old, old lady, I think she remember Warsaw Uprising for World War Two. She kind of pretended to just step back mm -hmm. and she took that piece of paper within three hours my father was informed that that where I am and he was able to basically pay huge fine to to take me out from there wow uh, yes yeah, so that was that was the first thing that I realized <clears throat> that people who are running this country are not Polish people not true f freedom fighters you know and uh, then I was teaching martial arts in one of the dojos in Warsaw. One of my students, who was uh, very well known, the parents were working for Solidarity Movement. So the, the government, what they did, basically they captured the son, my student, mm -hmm. and uh, when they capture him, they kill him. So I was again arrested, because what they tried to do is blame me that on professional training, I killed him. But thanks God that things happened that uh, I don't even know what happened, but they let me go. Oh my gosh. Yes. So after that happened, that was second time, yes. Our Catholic, uh, he was a very well-known Solidarity Movement preacher. Um, Jerzy Popiełuszko, his name is. Uh, he was also captured and killed. So those are difficult times in Polish history. It, I got, I, w I was teaching martial arts in SGPs. This is the economic university in Warsaw. And I got in contact with exchange students for America. And that's how it happened. I got the visa. But Americans didn't want us to come. Is that right? Oh, yes. I stayed two days, two nights in snow for a visa. And what year was that, Sensei? 84, 1984. So, um, you know, by, I think God wanted me to, to travel. So, 84, you got the visa. Yes. Came yeah. to where in America? Washington, D.C. Okay. And I lived there for... Yes, That's yeah. still home outside of correct, DC now, correct, Bethesda. Correct. And when you came <clears throat> to America, <clears throat> what did you do? How did you eat? How did you live? When I walked the streets, seeing so many colors, seeing smiley faces, happy people, it was like for me a paradise. Because you walk, you've been happy. You see different life, possibilities, hopes. So it was so easy for a young kid. I was 22 years old. No language. I know only 40 words. No money. No family. No friends. A couple nights I slept on the street. 
But then I learned where is the martial arts club and it was a Georgetown University. So when I walked in, I remember a gentleman, he has a big mustaches and he was talking to me something. I have no idea what he was saying. But one of the senses, black belt. I said, black belt. Oh, yeah, I know what black belt means. Black belt. Yeah, 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 I am black belt. Oh, come in. So he invited me. And that was a beginning because all of the fighters there, I kind of destroyed them. My training was different. You know, they, they trained for fun. Yes. I was professional <clears throat> fighter, so the training was different. Was this still a Kyokushin style or Shotokan or mix? It, it was mix, but yeah. then there was also judo. Okay. And then judo, I, uh, I did stuff that I never so, saw before. So they asked me to teach, to help out. Yeah. And they helped me financially in a way I was not allowed to work because there was a tourist yes. visa yes, that yes. I escaped. Yes, so yes. I had $5 here, $2 there, just enough to, to have a food on the table. And things begin from there. Yep. And because of my dreams, uh, you know, driving uh, buses in Poland, I pray to God, please help me to find the best martial artist so I can train. Take me away from here. I beg you, God. It was five years. Every day I pray. And then the results, I didn't know the best of the best. It's in the United States. I was Oyata Sensei. So you came to, came to America on the, on the visa, started, started teaching and, and, and working there. Um, at what point... Uh, did things start to progress where you got to settle in to the country and at what point did it start to or actually I guess does it does it now feel I'm sure now it does feel at home but at what point did it start to feel like home for you or like this is where I belong you know I always love America Polish people has a weakness to America you know if you uh, if you study history most of the immigrants they have a choice to go to different countries in Europe. No, they decide to go to America. Uh, the warriors from Polish army, Kościuszko, Puławski, there's tons of people who changed the history uh, for America to become America. Because they influence the education, higher education, and uh, you know, de defending their, their armed forces, how to fight and stuff like that, that uh, they got in the battlefields, we always fought Russians, Germans, Russian, Germans. And there was always conflict because the Poland, it's uh, such a f wonderful location that uh, that we all know what, what right, it is. So. Right, yep, centrally located, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's jump right into Oyata-sensei, if you don't mind. Yes, I'd like to know, yeah. did you know of Oyata-sensei, the name, before you met him? No, 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 no. In the 1990s, I have a friend of mine who work in the movie industries, and he said, they have to see you. So we traveled to uh, Los Angeles, and I met a bunch of people. Matter of fact, I met uh, Joe Clown Van Damme. Yes. And it was very interesting because uh, I got a proposition to be his stand-up. His side built almost the same. It didn't work out, but that's where my nickname, Polander, come out to be alive. My last name is Czechwiez, so it's very difficult for Americans yes. to say it. Yes. And I had to have like portfolio with the pictures. So those days, there was a show Highlander, which I enjoyed tremendously. 
So I said, okay, Highlander, Polander. I am proud Paul. So that's how it stays. So it is Polander. Okay. So when I uh, travel East Coast of United States, attending seminars of different masters, uh, I was looking for something that, you know, it just, it has to be shock to me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't find nobody because those guys were pretty much doing what I was doing. And I will say, I don't think they've been better than myself. If anybody didn't have that much experience there because it's a sport. So uh, attending one of the seminars with Wally J, who is no longer with us, mm -hmm. Remy Presses, uh, enjoy them. Remy Presses tremendously. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was the time that I heard about Somebody said, there is, you know, there's this amazing person who he can walk on the water. I said, what do you mean? Jesus Christ? No, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? no, no, it's just, he, he's unbelievable. So as soon as I find out that was 1988, 89, uh, where is his seminar? South Carolina and uh, Jim Log Dojo. Okay. Okay. You know, I, yes. uh, I jumped the car and uh, traveled there and all of this began. It was amazing. I saw this uh, very strong built Okinawan guy uh, with the forearms like American Popeye. Yeah. And uh, you know, the way he looked, I love this look. He was like, I hate to say it, you know, when the shark attacks, mm -hmm. his eyes, it's, it's amazing. So his eye was just like that. And every movement was so perfectly brutal and he invited me for a black belt training and uh, you know doing so much of judo uh, arm bars and uh, escapes from things that you can't escape I was pretty sure of myself and this guy was trying to uh, break my arm I mean not break but show the technique that it, that can result in that so I was, you know, hey, okay, just whatever, it doesn't work anyway. Yeah. Oh my God. It was half of the seconds I was flying somewhere there, wake up on the floor and said, what just happened? I can't believe this. Okay, do it again, I said. And same thing happened. And on the end, he knocked me out. Yeah. <laughs> on the day he met uh, you. Yes, and I woke up in the corner of the dojo. I said, you know what? I feel like track run over me. This is the man that I want to train. Mm -hmm. Because if he can do this to me, and I travel the world to find somebody like this, this is an amazing person. Were you at all familiar with, uh, I mean, of course, at the, I'm sure at this time you had heard of Okinawa, um, but were you familiar with Okinawa being the birthplace of karate, not Shotokan, not... Kyokushin, and of course not judo, but was Okinawa uh, relevant to you at that time? And in the circles that you were training? Not really, because the majority of the sport uh, arts that I did was obviously mainland Japan. Mainland Japan yeah. And nobody knows what Okinawa is. Yeah. Nobody really heard that that's where it began. Uh, obviously, if you had luck enough to be in uh, American Armed Forces, you were stationed yep. here, or you study with one of the masters, yep. yes? So you, you, you know it. But otherwise, uh, pretty much uh, ignorance maybe in some way. 
took over and Japan is Japan. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, so then when you met Oyata Sensei, you, you this this Okinawan man that you you just described it felt like you got run over by a truck. His uh, his body structure, his his height, his build. Um, from what I've I never obviously met him, um, I didn't have the pleasure. But compared to other Okinawans that you see here now on the island, was he big in comparison? Or I will. I mean, he was my height. I am five eight. Yeah. So uh, that's it's uh, a little th- tall for actually. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I will. I will say and so. But he will. His arms are amazing. You know, and and uh, the way he was built, it's also he was trained on Chinese wooden dummy a lot, okay. because most influential person who took him under his wing was Wakinaguri Sensei. He was ninety years old. Descendants, we believe, it's not proven because there is no written documents. But we believe that he was the sixth generation of Chinese people which moved to uh, to Naha. I believe, what was that, 1392? Yeah, so one of those, yeah. Correct. Time, yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, the history, I love listening to him. Because it was like in magic land. Yeah. You lived those years of samurais and best fighters and people who are researching true art uh, and it was just unbelievable and if you are passionate about it because you know let's face it i will say 90 percent of karate practitioners they do this as a hobby they train once a week uh, twice a week maybe if you're lucky they are not professional they don't study every day so so for me that was a treasure 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 and um, obviously, Oyata Sensei, when he came to the United States first in '68, then he returned to Okinawa. He then returned, I, be, I believe it was '75, and he decided to to stay. When he he went to the states in '68, how many years did he stay before he came back? He was there a short time, right? First, it was short time, '68, and then I think after five years, approximately. He came back to Okinawa, and then. Uh, did, was he always he was in Kansas City is that correct he moved to yes me, was he always there when he was correct. in America yes do you know what took him to Kansas City versus one of the coasts this is a dilemma of all of senior students of his because if he ended up on the east coast or west coast his organization will blossom yeah. because he will be forced he chose to be nobody in some way he chose to be hidden master and uh, you know, he was not interested in Black Belt magazine interviews or, or he was very unique. I said, look, my two instructors, Uhugusku, Jojo, he was 92 when I met him. He still had a top knot. Mm-hmm. And I saw him because he was delivered by Amphibia food to different island. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I saw this gentleman trying to catch the fish, I know that he can't can catch anything. So I took him on that atibia on the big ocean, and he got the fish. Okay. He was so happy. Oh, he was very happy. So he asked, "What's your name?" Oyata. He said, "Oyata." Oh, okay, okay. And the, there was a reason why 
he represented warrior class. In those days, it was very important because if you do not represent the upper class or warrior class, those gentlemen will never teach you. You will be second class citizen, sorry to say that, and your karate would be passed down as a black kick punch, black kick punch, and that's what you would do. You know what's interesting about that too, I was talking to about the, the name itself. Have you met any other Oyadas since you've been here? Mm, family. Yeah, well, I, I have not. The I, name Oyada, I have not heard of. It, it is uh, fascinating. I met, obviously, his family, his older sister, sister which also passed uh, when we visited years, years ago. He was very close with his older sister. Uh, the, the name uh, came really from advisory to uh, Shohashi family. Okay. It means Zana Oyakata, that is a title okay. and uh, very high ranking. So okay. that's Oyata. When, when the Okinawa was invaded in 1609, uh, they've been against invasion, against full Ryukyu kingdom under protection, so called, of, of uh, Japan. Uh, one of the highest rank. Oyata Sensei said that you know he was supposed to be executed mm-hmm. in boiling water. Mm-hmm. So uh, when they released him, he cut two Japanese and jumped in that boiling water in that big yep. jar. Yep, I've heard the story. Yeah. yeah. So they changed Japanese, changed his name from Zana Oyakata okay. to Oyata, which means when you read kanji, also Shinda, which means death. So nobody want to do anything with this family. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's how it comes, Oyata. And then, um, tai, Taika. Mm-hmm. This, this means, um, what did I, what I learn? Guardi- guardian of the house? Or Correct. House guard or? F- father, person in charge of the house. Because and how did he get this, this, where did this originate? Do you know? He didn't want to fall to modern karate practitioner. He never allowed nobody to call him master, grandmaster. Uh, I'm sitting in one of the dinners and he's, I said, Taika, Taika, where do you think martial arts come? That's a silly question, but maybe funny. And he's, without stopping eating, he just pointed a finger into the sky. He said, God. And I was just of speechless. <laughs> Who, what kind of person will tell you this? Yeah. You know, so it is the wisdom of the God to give the wisdom, God's wisdom, to be guided in this way of lifestyle because this is a lifestyle. So you treasure your body, you treasure the knowledge uh, because it is not yours. And same like God gives you a body, God gives you knowledge to protect your body from bad forces. Mm-hmm. And obviously that knowledge is the bad knowledge because what? You use this to harm another human being. So it's extremely important, he explained, what is called dojo-kun or guiding principles. The sensei Nakamura, uh, when we visited, yes, yeah. he gave us and I yeah. treasure this tremendously yeah. because that's exactly what I have in my dojo in Bethesda, Maryland. Yeah. 
So when you met Oyata Sensei after this first time, you were you knew right then and there this is the man that I've been searching for. This is the man that I want to train under. Definitely. Yes. You were in outside of DC. He was in Kansas City. Yeah. And how did you go about at that point um, trying to train under him, asking permission? What what was the formalities like at that time? Very difficult for me. Lack of language. Uh, lack of money. So I was working in construction. And uh, those days it was a little bit different than today. So it was much easier to, to get the job for half price, obviously, or less. But it was enough to go by. I had the food. I was happy. And all of the money that I got, it was a ticket to Kansas City or to other places. Our organization was uh, based on the East Coast. There was only one in Los Angeles, Dojo, Bob Breiner. Uh, he had the dojo in Los Angeles, but primarily all of the dojos on the East Coast. So okay. it's New York area, uh, South Carolina, okay. and obviously my area, Washington, D.C. Yeah. Okay. Now, when when you asked Oyata Sensei, how did you go about asking him to be your sensei? Uh, was there a, a certain way that you asked permission? Did you go through one of his seniors at that time? You know, his personality was Okinawan. What does that mean? You know, in Japan, you can't talk to the master. It is very structured. So sometimes you wonder if those masters don't do this purpose because they don't know anything and they just sit there to give you a certificate. This gentleman, you can be nobody and he feel fine just to come and talk, joke. Everybody was laughing, smiling. So he created this atmosphere of very friendly, home-like approach. Okay. And that was his personality. Obviously, when there was a time to be tough, you don't want to <laughs> cross that line. Yeah. You know where your sp space is. But, but the, the same like here, you visited Okinawa. Everybody's so welcome, so yeah. smiley, yeah. so uh, warm heart, you know. Yeah. So he was the best example. He represented Okinawan culture in the best way. Uh, so, so when I met him, uh, obviously my technique was very poor and everything that I was trying to do, what he was teaching, it kind of looked funny. And I said uh, to one of the seminars that was in, uh, that was, where was this? Philadelphia, no, not Philadelphia. Uh, that was in Pennsylvania, anyway, close to Philadelphia. Uh, I said, uh, Sensei, and I would, I'm sorry, but you destroyed my life. I said, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? Everything that I did, everything that I believed, you destroyed. It, it is, doesn't work. And that was a shock to, to me that time because I realized how nothing I know. And he just said this, hey, look, don't take this that way. You train all of those years to prepare your mind and body to train. But still, this this whatever he said, it was kind of come and go. I go home. Three months, I was destroyed emotionally. I couldn't do anything. So I left training. And, you know, one day I was so upset because really he destroyed what I believe in. Yeah. All of my masters, all of my instructors, it, gone through the window yeah. and and all of a sudden 
something come up and th those words that you said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't give up. No, no. You need this training to get ready for real training. And then I said, where's the next seminar? Yeah. It was in New York, it was a long, long island. Uh, Jerry Sunny is a very good technician, so that's where I decided to go and wow. And yes, for the next five years, whatever I was doing, he come close and I, no, 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 this one. And, and all of a sudden I, I feel this tap on the head, boom, Polish tomato head, you know. <laughs> I said, yes, sir, thank you, sir. <laughs> but it was the beginning. Yep, yep. So uh, coming from a Shotokan, I don't know much about Kyokushin other than fighting. There's no kata there, I believe, right? Or if there is, I'm not familiar with it. But Shotokan... I did not train it, um, but I've met many people that have, and they, it's very strict, they say. Everyone in the dojo, regardless of body size and structure, has to be identical. That's 180 degrees opposite, I think, of, Correct. of what I see now. So I can understand the description there. Um, it had to be very frustrating for you. Um, a, a block is not a block, right? Like you were talking about this the other day, and the difference of attack, attack, and... At what point then uh, do you feel like it started to turn for you after so many months, after so many years? Yes, was there a you, you know, this is a very good question because because of my experience, it took me longer to catch on with reality. But without this experience, I will never be who I am today. But I'm saying basically... There are tons of, not tons, but people who came to the system and trained after, under Oyata sensei without this rigorous training, uh -huh. okay. I don't think they've been able to understand what they're doing. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying that he was teaching incorrectly, but he was teaching high-level black belts, mm -hmm. not other black belts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so he assumed that you did your homework because he didn't want to waste his time on studying in Kibarachi and punch 10,000 times and kicks yep. no that's your job you do yep. it yep. Okay. and then to his brilliance and understanding of the art that he in some way created because of the two masters yep. uh, it was just unbelievable so going forward as I mentioned those Two gentlemen, Hogusku, Chojo, and Wakinaguri. Wakinaguri is not the name. We don't know his name, and for some reason we don't know. He was always called, it means armpit, I was told. Waki, Waki, yeah, okay. Waki is armpit. Waki, yes, yes, yes. And he was so affected with vital points, Kyoshu strikes. That was his Bible, you know. So the Uhugusku sensei taught him Tweedy mm -hmm. and Kobudo. Uh, going back to the story when he was driving amphibia, mm -hmm. so it was, uh, after three months begging to teach, what he did, he performed one of the Bokata, but he performed like 95 years old man. And Oyata sensei, what a waste of time. Oh my god. Here is this with a top knot old dude. What I don't know. 
I don't know what's going on with it. It's just unbalanced, no power, no strength. Yeah. Well, Master Hugosko was testing his character, pretending to be old man. And when he saw the young punk, because he was 18 years old, see, have a, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. in a couple of days, when he asked to teach again, he stood up, said, nope. For three months again, no. Then there was a time to teach again. He checked check his character. He did the form and his jaw dropped. It was crisp, fast. And he was known to be uh, the best bow fighter in Okinawa. At 95 years old. Interesting. After he completed his education, he was recommended to his best body, which was that Chinese Wakinagoi sense. Yeah. So his fingers were all no nails. And uh, he specialized in its finger penetration strikes. Mm -hmm. And so, you, had, so you had told me uh, a couple of days ago, this was from hitting the coral. Yeah, so from long. age of six, I was told his father, uh, that was his job to pound the coral, coral yes. Oyata Sensei, you had mentioned uh, just a moment ago that he expected you to do he expected you to do your homework. So for some individuals that perhaps didn't have the background that you had in Shotokan or previous training, the rigorous formalities in the dojo, uh, they would come in and meet him. Let's say, um, I'm curious to know about his type of r regular class. You know, for instance. Um, we might walk into the dojo, we bow in, we'd say the dojo-kun, we'll go through our kihon, warm up and everything, go through our kata, typical class, right? And then sensei will break off and we'll maybe focus on a particular um, area for that night. Did Oyata sensei do anything similar to that as well? Or was it, was it different because he was teaching black belts and typically uh, more experienced and senior? It, it was different. It was different. It Attending his class, you felt that you are in a university working on your PhD. Okay. So the class as a class, it was Kitsuki, right? Okay, position, no warm-up. It's your business. Okay. Uh, and, uh, for example, you do some movements in kata mm -hmm. for a couple hours, and then what are you doing? What are you doing? What do you think? Angles. How to use your fingers, how to move, how to use your feet, how to combine the movements so... Everything is to fit what uh, maybe it's not the proper pronunciation bunkai because he didn't like that bunkai. It's really the actual presentation of the movement and combat. In the combat, that means there is no more space than six feet, maybe five feet right. between each other. And uh, when he was, you know, happy all the time, okay, one or two guys or three guys come up. And it was under the second, everyone was down, knocked out. It was over. He was a magician. Uh, nobody, I, m I met so many of masters. Mm -hmm. So many, but none of them got even close to what he was able to perform. Were, were people able to walk into his dojo in Kansas City and become a, a student right off the street? Or did was it typically you had to be introduced by someone you know uh, 
I will say that it was a very friendly approach. So when he felt your spirit, your character, mm-hmm. and he didn't have to tell you that you can come because mm-hmm. you've been welcome or you've been not welcome. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know it right away. But it was pretty much, he was very good with reading personalities. And uh, it was just amazing. So it was not like, you know, okay, you have to talk to this guy or that guy. And only if he didn't feel right about you, then he right, sent okay. it out to, I see. to somebody else that mean, no, 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 wait six months. Yeah. You know. Did you had you had already mentioned that he talked about his his two senseis quite often then, or told you stories about Okinawa about the history? How about uh, Nakamura Sensei? Did he talk about um, when he met him, started training under him, about the, the kata that he learned, um, any anything like that? What he told me was that two of his instructors. They researched for him because you know, the, the long time ago there was no forms. Mm-hmm. It was combat. Mm-hmm. That mean there was no forms. They yeah. didn't believe in the forms. Yeah. Uh, Itotsu Sensei introduced pinions. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Wakinaguri Sensei had the family form. Shiho Haponote, it's called. Okay. And it was the two forms. Uh, is this the last? The, correct. This is your thirteenth kata. Correct. Okay. Correct. Correct. Very Chinese oriented. Okay. And um, so, uh, based on that, he said that the knowledge that he possessed from those two masters and researching different people those times on the island, they said that Nakamura Sensei had the forms who are closest to warrior class, the days that they remember. So that's why he sent uh, him to Nago City to Nakamura. Yeah, because I was wondering about that as well. Oyasu Sensei did, did not live in Nago. Right? No. He, he was from the southern part of the island. Correct. And at that time, you didn't just jump on the expressway and, and go through a few tolls and get up to Nago. So I was, I didn't, I never knew about that. Uh, it was a challenge those history. days. How was he introduced? I didn't know that until just now. That's, that's yeah. interesting. Okay. And he kept the 12 kata. Yeah, so he learned still. from Nakamura Sensei 12 empty kata, but he never was considered as a direct student okay because of his knowledge they knew it that he possessed something very unique very special okay uh, and also that kind of in another way uh, we had a sensei from motoburyu right yeah so uh, also if you to research their system there was no forms right. it was all um, basically self-defense protection yeah. of yeah. the royal family uh, techniques yeah. we had then created a form or two i don't remember yeah. exactly but uh, but he did it yeah yeah they have forms now yeah correct so so the exchange of the knowledge was between oyata and uihara sensei yep. i know that my instructor tremendously respect uihara sensei tremendous how did he go about me- meeting him what is the history there this was after he had already met Nakamura Sensei around the same time, are you? F- I exactly the details. I don't uh, remember. Okay, I remember reading it, but I I don't recall the details of how he he went about that as well. Um, I know that they 
share the knowledge and from that point they respect each other a lot and Oyata Sensei was very protective of the knowledge that he possessed uh, you know after he went uh, all full contact competition all of Japan mm-hmm. I think that was 86 60 I'm sorry 1968 yeah. so he got the Kyoshi title from governor of Okinawa which was a big thing and um, he, he said, look, my job was to protect the village where I come from. And there was a difficult time after World War II. There was the Yakuza situation. There was this, but he was this karateka which was helping people and helping other karate practitioners. And I also know that he was a very tough, scary person. Mm-hmm. Difficult time needed this kind of approach, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he has a tremendous reputation along the martial artists those days. I don't know who or where I, I heard this or maybe read it. I can't remember, but um, people said it was it was a blessing that he left and went to America. And actually, you had mentioned the other day that God had another plan for him. You know, this was a second chance. Correct. Who knows what would have happened if he stayed here? So that is that's a blessing. Did Oyama Sensei? I, I've seen videos of him uh, online, of course. Um, I've never seen him teaching children. Or. I've seen videos of females at seminars, but did he have any female students? Yes, a couple of my dojos, female students, okay. he, he did. Okay. Uh, and it was very nice because it was a very special training okay. towards the women, especially Chizi Kumbo uh, weaponry and uh, Katana also. Oh, okay, okay. So he, he was doing that uh, with some ladies. But no children? Children, I think, I, w- I may say that I was the first... Put it this way, after being with him 15 years, I have been uh, successful enough to open professional dojo, Mm -hmm. which was the biggest in the United States, and was very difficult for this kind of art to find a way to teach masses. Yes. Because you just don't do that, you know. It, it takes professional person who is in love with martial arts, which commit lots of time and yeah. passion, and uh, so so to do this commercially it wasn't unspoken. But I got involved with the educational funding company. This is the company who teach instructors how to uh, teach, mm-hmm. how to reach out to the public, and the program that I created for kids and adults. And then for professional people, okay. So, a couple of things. So when so, correct. So okay. when he, when he came to my dojo, uh, I said, "Taika, those are kids. So have fun. You yeah. know, show f- funny face black or yeah, single yeah. black, or make a joke or take the one finger and tap on my arm and you'll see what happened. And kids, wow, yeah. how did you do that? Uh, and this is the weakness. Look at next yeah. weekend. Boom, yeah. and I am down. Four. And of course, if their instructors is acting like that, they're like, "Oh my goodness, this yeah. is fantastic! You are so magical, man! You know magic!" And the kids are smiling and see this, you know, yeah. different world. So we've been able to turn this superior knowledge to, in some way, fun. So you build the interest of the young generation and those generations become teenagers, adults mm-hmm. and they stay in a program for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So you were the first uh, you were the first one on early Sensei to do that commercially 
and still doing it commercially, uh, even with children? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have very successful dojo. There is another good friend of mine, Kiyoshi Jerry is Long Island. Uh, actually, I learned from him also the basis and the beginning how to approach business world of martial arts because, well, he was there much earlier. I think he studied with Oyata Sensei around 20 years earlier than myself. Okay, okay. Yeah. And how many students do you, you have? I, I saw on your website, Sensei, two dojos, two, two locations listed, Bethesda and yeah. Gaithersburg. And approximately how many students do you have between those locations? Over 200. And also internationally. Correct. You have yes. in Poland. Yeah, so, so the Oyata Sensei asked me to open the dojos overseas because of my previous connections. Mm -hmm. And we did this. Uh, right now, uh, we have a dojos in Poland, obviously. There is many locations. We do have a Czech Republic and Israel. Oh, okay. Israel as well. Hi. Okay. I met uh, an individual yesterday that we were training with from Israel. I didn't know if he was one of the... That's it, yes. Okay. Okay, very good. Interesting. Zaharia Hassan. So, um, multiple con con uh, continents we can train with you. So, I have a, a question for you then. If someone wants to get into martial arts training without any experience, what would you say to them? What, what's some advice that they could get from... I always under? have first introductory class, what we call it. So if this is child, I go through 15 minutes class, which I evaluate coordination, focus, concentration. Then I go over basic blocks, kicks. On the end, I give them a little bit of excitement, which is I do small... Atemi taps, so they see the results. Also, I show them explanation of single black, face black, in the way that this is not blacks anymore, but gentle, controlling movements, which you can overcome much stronger opponent than yourselves. And if you see their excitement and eyes opening, wow, I would love to learn that. So you know that this is a, somebody who is interested. Adults, obviously, the character is very important. So spending 30, 45 minutes, I study uh, their character, mm -hmm. what their goals, and then based on their performance and respect, uh, they are allowed or they are not allowed to attend mm -hmm. the class. You had to turn some away? Oh, God. Yeah. This is America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, if they come in and ask you, can you teach me how to go break somebody's arm? So you it, have to turn them away. You know, you know it's it's... But what is also very important is that our job is really not take those people and, oh, go away, change their change character. Yeah, Oyata character. always said, yeah. you know, it's easy to say no, yeah. but say no in the way that they are drawn to you and try to change their mind, change their character, because that's a very important part of study martial arts. Mm -hmm. Not to hurt somebody, but change the way they are so they become a useful uh, person mm -hmm. to the society yes mm -hmm. how about uh competition you were obviously a competitor when you were younger how do you do you do you, do you allow your students to compete in tournaments do you organize tournaments or what's your viewpoint on on uh, i guess sport karate type tournaments if students want to get into that i will say this i don't 
promote sport karate uh, because it's so much different what I do. Uh, I don't teach sport karate. I speak. I teach real life protection art. This is how Oyata Sensei called. Uh, you can use that in a sport because basically you will damage human body under one second. Uh, I have a students who love to do sparring, so I do have a kumite in my dojo, okay. and uh, they just love to fight. So you can take this away from them, uh, and uh, we are guests of many organization to compete. Matter of the fact, a couple months ago. My students win all open Washington Cup, and uh, he was very proud of it because the trophy that he got it was taller than him. Yeah. He said so. <laughs> is this uh, full bogu gear that you allow your students to compete in, or is this uh, what type of what type of tournament would this be? It is a very sport oriented, uh, legally protected. So you yeah. can do this, you can that that and. You know, but like like everyone else. So, yeah. so it's typical on what, correct, what the scene correct, is today. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So right. not uh, is it safe to say it's not what Oyata Sensei oh, no, was no, doing no. back in the day? Oh no, 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 no. And no. not even what you were doing back in the day. It's much no, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's so, safer. So, yeah. Yes, I'm mean, basically I'm supporting from allowing my students who are wishing to compete. A uh, couple of my friends who do have organizations and. If uh, that's what I, what I do, my demonstration, for example, are much different. So, okay, uh, it's uh, techniques that Oyata Sensei possessed are controlling the opponent. I would say uh, six feet by six feet, and uh, it is very short distance. There is no place for a mistake. It's attacked on the nerves mm-hmm. and other parts. So. It's striking. There is no blocks. Every block is a beginner of really understanding what you're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, for your students, is it all one for adults? Let's say all one curriculum. Um, meaning, if someone wants to focus only on empty hand and not weapons, can they choose that? Or if they want to focus only on weapons and not empty hand, can they choose that? Or is it all encompassing? All encompass- Long time ago, I was told by Yata Sensei, the first education that you got was weapons. After you become familiar, then empty hand. And the reason for it is, obviously, if you have a landlord attacking king, mm-hmm. You've been having in a distance, so you need to use, know your weaponry. Mm-hmm. When you lose the weaponry, or happen that you have to be close distance, then you have a hand. So that's why it was a little bit reversed. Obviously, uh-huh. Uh-huh. those days are gone. Right now, you study with empty hand, then you graduate to weaponry. Okay. And weaponry are fantastic, especially the one that Oyata Sensei was using. I, w- I was going to ask you that. What what weaponry? Obviously, bow. We, we've discussed that already. Um, what weapons did Oyata teach? What uh, did he have his own formal kata uh, that he, that he brought in from his senseis, or was it correct his own kata that he yeah? So originated? so he he learned most of the forms from Uhugusku sensei. Okay, and also he learned from other well-respected masters those days living in Okinawa, but. 
he was always told that the weapon should be controlled not fully with the all fingers connected but basic yes you do have all fingers connected every form kata with kobudo or empty hand possess basic and then advanced it's extremely important to have advanced kata if you don't you're missing another step in your education so the fingers become like pianist uh, that helps to rotate the weapons and also gives you the strength of the each finger like wakinaguri was doing uh, to rotate so sai it's never angle but as you strike and you bring side to the defense it turns 180 or 360 and katana it's the same tonfa as well so it's not only one two but it's all of this it goes all over your body covering 360 did oyata sensei seem to have a favorite weapon that he liked to to teach or demonstrate the most he took anything he can take the table and teach you magic so so was this kind of guy but i think i will say bow and sai yeah yes those those two weapons he was really fun of yeah how about you sensei and i think you you know i love like i love all of the forms there's so much Mm -hmm. hidden stuff there Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, i love all of them Uh, i love maybe nanchi shodan obviously it's extremely challenging kata uh, Tomari Seisan, Misei Shipas, I, I mean, you ask me, I, I see this, mm-hmm. it is just, mm-hmm. you know, the, my eyes are opening and I'm smiling. Uh, and then with the Kobudo, it's a side, it's extremely challenging weapon, which which I love. Bo as well. Uh, I had the pleasure, I was honored to work out with Motobu Ryu, uh, Masters on the Beach, six o'clock, it was amazing to see lots of similarities uh, that was us, during this visit yes now. yes yeah. matter yeah. of fact i'm going there tomorrow tomorrow again so, so yeah. uh, looking forward to the unbelievable humble beautiful people and i feel like so welcome and we talk about my instructor about their instructor and yeah. there is so you know first when you see and they don't speak too much of the american so there's a little bit this looking at each other but as soon as you move it's opening and it's so nice it, it, and the beauty of the land it's unforgiving you know so the, the ocean the, the sand and the work out there and the focus the spirit which is combining different culture yep. polish american okinawan yep. and look what happened uh, the small country of ryukyu been able to overcome so many against them in world war Two, mm-hmm. and the results is uh, martial arts because of the okinawa it's known mm-hmm. all over the world there is a millions of people training enjoying and see how much this approach to martial arts bring them i will i will say you know in america it's so popular it is like in poland there is everywhere uh, catholic church mm-hmm. <laughs> yep so much yes here in america there is so many of dojos because every parent work too hard they don't have the time to invest in a family wife works husband works 
So we are, as instructors, taking the part of the parent job, raising their yeah. children, giving them character development, yeah. respect, focus, and that relates to being successful in the future when uh, adults come. Yeah. And it's, it's, they see this, and uh, that's why I think it's popular, and it's going to get more popular. But also what is important, it, I believe that the true martial arts, the way it used to be, unique martial arts, it's going to come back one day. And like we compete with Jiu-Jitsu, we compete with MMA, not compete, you know, but obviously the respect is due where, where it's due. You yeah. see the people in the cage and they put 100% fight yep. and they uh, they deliver. Yes? Yep. Look what happened with boxing. Boxing, yep. it's... it's doesn't exist anymore. Why? Because I rather watch reality, something which is real, yes? However, let's not forget that there is a secret knowledge which was created in China and then in Okinawa from Chinese forms based on animal motion was put it in a human motion by Okinawan people. Uh, there is a hidden art tremendous knowledge which used to protect the royal family and this knowledge not supposed to die it is very important and it is amazing how this works and to bet it was secret even towards Okinawan people mm -hmm. did Oyata sensei speak of that often as well uh, based basically, I mean, around uh, secret, I guess I'm going to say, um, techniques or, you know, you just mentioned based off of animals, right? Animal movement or, did he talk about that often as well? I know someone you're training here with on the island now, Okama Sensei, right? He does talk about that Great. very openly, I think. Um but I believe you'll say this as well. Your experience on Okinawa, not so many people do. No. Um, so I'm curious to, if Oyata Sensei did as well. Yes. So one of the system that he learned was from Turtu. So the movement looks like crane, but he said his instructor said most of the movement, the way you move your fingers, wrists, yeah. elbows came from the movement of the turtle coming or swimming. Yep. Uh, and th but, uh, correct. So, so it's very interesting because I, when I heard that, I never heard yeah. style from turtle, ocean turtle. You know? So it was very, very interesting to, to, to hear that. Uh, and uh, it's just amazing. Yeah. How many times have you been to Okinawa? Well, maybe over 10. 10 times, yeah. And uh, do you think everyone that trains in traditional karate should come here? I, Would you advise This is it? a homeland. Yeah. You know, the, just to, to smell the air, yeah. then go to the dojo, see how it's done. What advice, what advice would you give to people before they come here if, for their first time? Assuming they don't necessarily have a dojo home. If they have a connection here, then it should be, it should Respect be easy, right? the people. Keep your eyes and ear open. 
don't think that what you see it is be very patient and uh, well this is the same like single black for example yes mm -hmm. instructor high-ranking instructor whatever this is how it is this is real karate and it is but there is so much more so if you're not ready to study this is going to be your way just this part you come a couple times next time you will find out that you're missing small movements more angle for technique to work so the wisdom is there and you have to be able to look through the knowledge which was given to you farther and I studied with Oyata 30 years and even in 30 years when I attended seminars I always learned something I was like I can't believe this guy it's crazy he was a walking knowledge encyclopedia of knowledge and he researched human weaknesses human body angles and uh, how to move your fingers how the ankles relate to knees knees to hip hips to shoulders and that relates to the elbows and how to improve the speed how to be outside of the reach of the opponent and you still can reach the opponent how to strike down to knock you out how to how to how to how to and it goes forever but he was a passionately in love with martial arts and uh, he always said you know i am only here my instructor they had the knowledge what was he like outside the dojo was he passionate same same that's life what were his passions outside of outside of training in karate i always only see him thinking karate yeah so even if he was smoking cigarette you know that he's thinking about something that he didn't think about yet he was this karate guy he was yeah. this true master living imagine this there's a war in vietnam yes and this guy just landed in kansas city he put full okinawan uh, hakama his shoes you know the shoes that you have to talk, mm -hmm. keep it mm -hmm smoke cigarettes and he goes through kansas city <laughs> and everybody you know jaw drop yeah what the hell crazy guy and kansas city rough people you know that, that they are foreigner yeah. and this guy didn't even bother he know it he was a proud okinawan i don't know if this is a proper way to say it he okay. was okinawan yes yes uh, he was never japanese yeah. And he uh, uh, he was just distinguished. He said, he said that, you know, my family ancestors come from Ro Ryukyu Kingdom, and I am Okinawan. Always been in the heart Okinawan. I'm proud of it. His teaching goes all over the world through me and a couple other students. And this Okinawa, it's it's unbelievable. And now it's your job to keep that going. This teaching, yourself. And who else? If people were interested in training from direct students of Oyata Sensei, you're in Maryland. You have locations, two in Maryland, 
one in Poland, or more, more, many in Poland, Czech, Israel. How about someone that's on the West Coast or in the mid parts of the U.S. now? His oldest student, uh, Greg Linguist. Uh, so he has spent it from the beginning. He actually helped Taika to establish himself in Kansas City. So he was there from the very beginning. Kyoshi uh, Jerry Sanis, Long Island, New York. Myself is in Washington D.C., and there are a couple other people, but I guess I'm going to just mention those three. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's understandable. Yep. That uh, linguist sensei is in Kansas, Kansas City. As well. yes. He's in Kansas City. Correct. Okay, he's in Correct. Kansas City as well. Very good. Yep. Had the pleasure to meet him on Sunday. Wonderful man. Um, very good. Okay. Um, is there anything else? As we, I think we should probably wrap it up. We're pretty close to one hour, I assume, here, Sensei. Actually, a little bit more. Um, any closing thoughts on Oyata Sensei, on Okinawa, on anything at all that you'd like the listeners to know about your Sensei, about your style? Maybe because I know that many people are listening, so I don't know if I should say that. But Americans are organizing events all over the United States and many of the known masters are coming there to share the knowledge. And I've been able to attend various of those occasions. And, you know, American martial arts is very educated martial arts. There's many very good people there. So... I will highly advise everyone who comes there really to perform with deep knowledge because people have been exposed through the last 30 years to so much. And uh, if we want to make sure that this art, Okinawan art, stays alive mm-hmm. and prospered, it has to be shown in a real way not punch kick black punch kick black how does someone go about to differentiate that though how how can you explain to someone um, what to look for and that might be difficult to answer but how do how does someone go about especially a new student someone that's not trained before to see through the garbage and uh, and not fall for the magician. Because honestly, some people could watch videos of Oyata Sensei, old VHS, you know, grainy videos, not see anything clear, audios, garbage, and think this is not real. These people are faking this. They're falling down. There's, which many people know is, is real. <laughs> but unfortunately, there's been some people that somehow tie themselves back to Oyata Sensei, and they're out there selling magic. What's, how, how does someone differentiate that? Again, research. Those days we have the internet. And if you take a little bit of time and uh, research the instructor, this is very important. Yes, there is, especially after Oyata Sensei passed, all of a sudden you see the people who, yes, they trained for 10 years or 15 years, but they disappear for another f- 25. Uh, so uh, you will find the instructors who are not fully qualified. Because they just missed the point. 
and uh, if you have access to the internet, you can talk to people who've been with Aviata to his final days, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure you can find out who you train with. Trust. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Hey, so thank you so up. much. I'm thank honored. Thank you so much. Absolutely Hopefully. a pleasure, uh, more than you know. Um, I've been watching you online. <laughs> I've been oh, yes. using the internet and watching you online. Um, and I was very, very pleased to meet you on Sunday when I heard that you were going to be at the Asato Dojo. James had, had pinged me and, and said, hey, you need to come down here and, and train. Um, when you and uh, Linkwa Sensei were teaching. Uh, and then again last night, I had the, the pleasure to meet you um, for a very special visit. So it is my pleasure, really. And uh, I will definitely come visit you in America. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you so much. Thank and you. good luck with everything that you're doing. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Sensei. Bye. Thank you for listening to that interview with Kiyoshi Peter Polander. Of course, after I stopped recording, we talked for probably another 30 to 45 minutes, which had Polander Sensei demonstrating some empty hand techniques. And also, he brought out Sai. Uh, to demonstrate some techniques right there in the living room of the apartment. Paul Sensei just loves to teach. You can feel it immediately, and you can tell that he's just so happy to share this, his knowledge and ideas with like-minded people. If you have the opportunity to meet and train with him in person, please do it. Empty the cup, as they say, and just take it all in. To find out more, please visit polanderkempo.com. That's P-O-L-A-N-D-E-R. K-E-M-P-O dot com, polanderkempo.com, or you can visit two locations in Maryland. One is at 5017 Wilson Lane in Bethesda. Another one is at 18860 Woodfield Road in Gaithersburg. To email Sensei, send an email to peter.polander at gmail.com, peter.polander at gmail.com, or you can reach him by telephone at 240-305-305. 2403054040. Once again, thank you for listening to the Okinawa Karate Podcast, coming to you from the birthplace of karate, Okinawa, Japan. Happy training, everyone.